Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy Wednesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk radio show. Here's a quick announcement. Our September heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for a Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones is now live at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. September's theme is Fall, a Season of Reflection and Reset. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com and treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our radio show today, my guest for this morning is Coach Gary Waters. Coach Gary Waters earned his reputation building college basketball programs. He was the winningest coach in the history of Cleveland State University. During his time at the school, Coach Waters won 194 games and led the Vikings to six postseason appearances. In 2009, Cleveland State made the NCAA tournament and advanced to the second round after shocking Wake Forest. He rebuilt three programs, Kent State, Rutgers, and CSU, into winners. The winner of numerous honors, Coach Gary Waters was 2008 Horizon League Coach of the Year and 2011 Horizon League Champions. He was inducted into the Ferris State University and Kent State Hall of Fame and a winner of the John Lotz Barnabas Award by the Fellowship Christian Athletes for the 2009-2010 season. Coach Waters was named a master coach by the Nations of Coaches in 2015 and served on the, nation, on the National Association of Basketball Coaches Board. Coach Gary Waters is a Detroit native and graduated with a Bachelor's of Science degree in business administration, and a Bachelor of Science degree in business education from Ferris State in 1975 and 1978, respectively. He also received a Master of Arts in Educational Administration from Central Michigan in 1976. He currently resides in Tampa, Florida. As for our kitchen table conversation this morning, Coach Gary and I will be talking about his remarkable life's journey, his book, 10 Principles of a Character Coach, and what ingredients are required to build a true character of substance in ourselves and our loved ones. Good morning, Coach Gary. Happy Wednesday, and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing today? Uh, Doing fabulous, Johnny. It's great to be on. Wonderful. It's a pleasure to have you, sir, with me. 10 Principles of Character Coach is an inspiring and empowering read. Respectfully, it is also entertaining in getting some insights on college basketball. The included photos are wonderful and an excellent touch to an overall presentation. So congratulations on this release, sir. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Let us start by getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. Okay. Uh, let me start by saying uh, it's great to be on the show, and I, and I thank you for having me, Johnny. And, uh, 
you know, I started I started out in Detroit, Michigan, and I uh, went to high school there, and, and uh, you know, ended up going to to college at Ferris State, where I, I continued from there on to my career. You know, most people when they finish, uh, and I got drafted in in the NBA by the Pistons. So, you know, I had to make a decision. And once I made the decision that uh, which direction I want to go, because when I tried out, I didn't make it. But then you you come to a point in your life where you say, what do you want to do? And, and what I wanted to do, and I had a chance to sit down with my Lord, and we talked about it. And what I came to the conclusion is I wanted to be a coach. So I started coaching at a very, very early age, uh, a couple of years out of college. So once I started and I went on, I started at my alma mater at, at, at Cleveland, I mean at, uh, at Ferris State. Uh, I was an assistant there for, for a number of years, uh, close to uh, 14 years. And then I went on, left there, went to Eastern Michigan, was there for another 10 years. And then that's when I became a head coach. At, uh, at Kent State, I was there for five. Then I went on to Rutgers, became a head coach there, was five there. And then I went on to uh, uh, to Cleveland State. That's where I ended my career before I retired. And I ended up being there for for almost twelve years. So it was a great it was a great career. It was a great time, an amazing time of, in which coaching became a big part of my life. But I always, throughout all my coaching wanted to connect with the players and have them understand the importance of what they're doing and what their life is all about. So that brought me to thinking, what do they really need in their life? And that that's when I brought up the thought of character. You know, when they go into our society, you want them to represent something. And if you can represent character, I felt in my mind that you're representing something very, very important. So on the first day in retirement, just to give you an idea, Johnny, first day in retirement is when I started writing this book. And uh, and I literally didn't write this book first. I wrote my first book, which is titled uh, Journey Through the Eyes of a Character Coach. And that's mm-hmm. not coming out to why, because uh, once I wrote that book, I got together with an editor and a publisher, and they told me they loved the book. But, you know, you you started out with your autobiography, and that's what it was, my autobiography. Mm-hmm. And, and they said, hey, you're doing this all wrong. And I said, oh, <laughs> I put all the this. And they said, yeah. I said, you should have some readings out before so people know mm-hmm. who you are and they gravitate toward you. And yeah. so that's when I wrote this book, Ten Principles of a Character Coach. Mm-hmm. And I got another to talk about later that's coming out this year, but this mm-hmm. one is un. It, 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 if, if you want to have an understanding of what character is all about and how you mm-hmm. can represent it in the job you're in or just in your family, within your family, in your life, this is what this book is for. Wonderful. Really wonderful. Well, how did your upbringing influence your view about character? Well, you know, and, and this is very important, and I want I want uh, the listener to understand this because my next book is talking about millennials, mm-hmm. and so when I when I talk about that, you'll get a better understanding. Mm-hmm. However, one of the major issues that I found in research of millennials is mm-hmm. uh, is a parent issue: how the mm-hmm. parents lead them in certain directions, 
or don't lead them in certain directions where they end up not doing what they're supposed to do in their lives. Mm-hmm. And so in, in when you ask that question, who influenced, the first people who influenced me were my parents. And I'm going to mm-hmm. say this a lot about a uh, and and about a lot of families, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you need to identify who is the role model in your life. Mm-hmm. And when if if you ask a person a question, who is who was the role model in your life? And if they don't say their parents, then there's a question mark in their life. They got right. they got people that let them down that they don't even you know they may have an idea of and they may know of. But they're not the people that would lay their life down for them. And that's why having the, the correct role model, meaning your parents, is important. So mm-hmm. uh, that's, they were the ones that influenced me. Right, right, right. That's so true. Very, very true. Let were there other this. influences in your life yeah, when you were growing up? To. Yeah, there were some real big influences that I had a person in my life by the name of. Uh, uh, his, his name was, I called him Brother Rice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Brother White, it's Brother White, not Rice, but Brother White. Mm-hmm. He was the person I had contact with when I started uh, playing summer league basketball. Mm-hmm. And what he ended up doing is showing me a direction of how to live my life. And what occurred was when I tried out for this team, he ended up saying, you know, after I after I had made the team, he said to me, he says, but there's one other thing you must do if you want to be a part of this team. And I said, what is that? And he said, you got to go to church with me every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I said, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be. He said, yeah, yeah. So, and I, and I had, I, and when I started to play on the team, I was with a friend. I, the friend told me, go ahead and do it. It's okay. So when mm-hmm. I went to church, I look up there and he's the pastor. <laughs> and <laughs> He led me in a direction that he even he even was married my wife mm-hmm. and I together, and he led me down the the trail that tells mm-hmm. you how important character is to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very very interesting. When did coaching and mentoring first appear in your life? I mean, I know you talk about you started at a very young age, like, hey, I want to be a coach, but that is a trigger that something sort of speaks to you that you are yeah. natural, you know, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. And, and, it, and that happened to me as well. You know, when I yeah. made a decision, I wanted to, I didn't want to continue to, to search for this game of basketball because that's what happens mm. when a player gets involved and, they, and they're playing and all this, you know, they, they, they become a part of them. And uh, and they get over influenced by the game of basketball, and they think, right. end up thinking that who they are. It's nothing else. Mm-hmm. So when I made a decision, I wasn't going to continue playing basketball. I had to say, hey, I should go into my career. What I'm doing, and I graduated in business and business and business administration. So it was about business. But then, yeah, yeah. Uh, I said, you know what? This is not what I really want to do. What I really mm-hmm. want to do is uh, is transform lives. Right. And I said to myself, before I transform lives, and, I, and one of the things I said, what I do is I, I play basketball, but I love to coach young men and women. Mm-hmm. So that's how I figured me. It said, hey, you can transform lives. And that's mm-hmm. what I did. I've been, you know, many coaches go into this profession for the wrong reasons. It could be money. It could be success. Right. It 
the prestige. But I made a decision to go into this profession for one reason only, to help young men and women become the best they can be as human beings. And that's mm-hmm. what I said when I make the statement, transform lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. So the as you transition yourself to basketball, well, let's go back a little bit further. You were obviously an excellent basketball player because you were recruited <laughs> to play. So what drew you to basketball? And the reason why I'm asking is funny because we all, as kids, right, growing up, we have our thing. I mean, I played all kinds of games. I remember I love soccer, and I used to sleep with my soccer ball, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Let me tell you what, what got me interested in basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a boys' club probably about two blocks over from my house, mm-hmm. and I was there and be a part of it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and every day I would do all kinds. Of, I mean, I learned how to swim. I learned we went to yeah. summer camps. We Mm-hmm. the things in this boys club. But one of the things that they put a lot of emphasis on was was playing basketball. Mm-hmm. So, cuz you know, it wasn't one of those that had all the different sports. It had just a, a few sports that they were participating in at the time. So, what I decided is, hey, let me try this game of basketball and I really really enjoyed it. And so, once I started playing it, I found out I had a certain talent in it. So, I worked each and every day to better myself. And it, and, it, and it literally put me in a direction that I had never thought I would go into before. Right, right, right. That's interesting. I believe somewhere along the line, yet you mentioned, and in reading your book, like I say, because there are a lot of outside influences in sports these days. But as a kid, when we were growing up, we went in because of the fun, the camaraderie right. among our buddies, so to speak. And team yep. sports allow you to do that. You never even think about all the other stuff. And then you sort of master uh, the ball. <laughs> In this case, you're uh, with the bo- yeah. basketball and I'm with soccer. I remember coming to, uh, at 18 when I came to the United States to go to college at LSU. I won quite a bit of money kicking 45, 50-yard field goal uh, betting with people because – I was kicking at soccer style. They don't realize it. And they even actually helped me out because they even gave me the tee to put the ball on, you know? I was like, hallelujah, that's even better. <laughs> and, uh, but, right. it, it, it's the, but within that concept of being around our uh, friends, so to speak, that's where you learn how to interact with people. And that's what I love about the book that went into, which later we're going to be talking about here. But the, the idea is that it gives you the self-confidence, basically, in a nutshell. Yes, yes, it does. And it, and it helps you understand uh, that uh, you need to share with other people. Mm-hmm. Because I mm-hmm. think in, in, in sport, I think it teaches us so many lessons. But one right. major lesson it teaches us is that we, ha- we need to interact and be a part of other people's lives and, and help them become the best they can be. So, right, right, you right. Know, in coaching, I believe, does the same thing. And that's why mm-hmm. I, I gravitated toward coaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. Why did you decide to write the character coach book? Because I know, like say, that was the first thing that you worked on. Uh, well, you work on your, uh, your autobiography and so forth. There's so much passion 
in this book? Why that passion? Why is it a passion-driven deal? <laughs> Good question, Johnny. I, you know, it, it did give me passion. One of the things I was sitting down and I, and I started, I just started retiring, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I'm trying to make a decision what I want to do in my life. Now, I'm still associated, and I'll talk about this later with the MCAA yeah. and the NHL. Sure, sure. I'll talk, to, I'll talk to everyone about that. But the one thing I wanted to do is I just wanted to tell a story about uh, the journey I went through, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's I started the first book, which was titled Journey Through the Eyes of a Character Coach. And I always wanted to write because, I, you know, I'm, uh, being in, in, uh, in administration, you, you yeah. learn to uh, concentrate on things and write things. So I always wanted to write, but you need time to write. So mm-hmm. well, once mm-hmm. I went to retirement, I had a lot of free time there, John. A lot of free time. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, let me start this. That's and then and, and to answer your question, you know, I was thinking about an alternative way to coach, okay? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, I was at the time the game was going through uh, so much so much turmoil. Yeah, and I said. I need to give them an alternative way to coach, and I can do it in writing. Now, let me get, let me read this to you. Yeah. From the, this will give you an idea how important this is. Uh, I talk about the inventor of basketball, Dr. Naismith. Yes. And and he went on to say, you know, if you're going to coach, there's certain things that you must do in your life and who you should represent. And it goes on to say this. Nate Smith believed that if you elected to be a coach, it was also your responsibility to be an advisor, a counselor, and a father figure, mm-hmm. and to act at all times as an example to the athletes in your care. So when he said that, it immediately triggered something. It made me realize that a coach is more than a coach, and he should, right. and he should work act more than a coach. He also envisioned that sports should develop character. And that's when it hit. He said sports should develop character, foster patriotism, and instill ethical values that would serve participants well in later life. Mm-hmm. So it, mm-hmm. he kind of that in. It's so true. I mean, interestingly enough, I talk about this all the time. I said that uh, we all label, right? You're a manager of this, you're a coach, or your mom, or that, a father, or whatever, right? <laughs> But in the end, there are basic fundamentals here. You're a teacher, a coach, and a counselor. And in many ways, that counselor is sort of like a cheerleader, so to speak. What's the difference? Situations will dictate you which hat you put on. Right, right, right. And and you know what happens within the journey you go through if you're in Mm -hmm. coaching? You're going to put on many hats. That's correct. But the problem with, with many coaches, they're not prepared to handle all these Precisely. And, Precisely. And, and that's why you need to really put in that effort. But then I looked at what was happening with our society, Johnny. And I mm-hmm. said, you know, we things going on in our society, and it's all related to character. They're behavior mm-hmm. patterns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then that's why, you know, I was, I was, I was so committed to writing this book. Well, it's an excellent book, sir. I mean, it really is. It's very empowering. And like I say, again, I love all the uh, uh, photos in it because that does bring, uh, you know, a real nice, real situation touch to the book. So please share with us the 10 principles 
Okay, very good. Uh, there's 10, and, mm-hmm. and I'll go through them quickly so we don't spend a sure, whole sure. lot of time on them. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, each yeah. one is designed to get you moving closer to, to, to not only lead people, but to be an example to people. And that's why I wrote this book. As a coach, you need to be an example. You know, I talk about mm-hmm. role models. Role right. model is it, it's designed for the parent. Mm-hmm. But what you can as a coach, because when I went into homes, I would tell the parents, I can't be your role model. You have to be your son's, your son's role model. Right. But what I be in his example to him on how I lead my life. And so that's why I wrote this book. So when coaches use this and say, hey, can I do better in, in the profession? And, and when I create a, uh, a structure or a culture, is that culture built on certain things? And one of the things I wanted to be built on was character. Mm-hmm. So the first principle, and which I thought was the, was, the, was the makeup of this book, is God over everything. Right. And, 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 and what I was trying to state in, in that chapter is that you don't get caught up in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a high force, and when you, when, you, when you do things, put God first, and it will help you in many things in your life. Right. The second one, the second principle is improve yourself and others. And mm-hmm. I think when you're a leader and you're an example to people, you have to improve other people as well as improving yourself. Then mm-hmm. the third one is living with integrity and honesty, two very important things. You know, when you mm-hmm. think of integrity, you're talking about doing the right things. And when you're saying honesty, you're about talking about saying the right things. But a key to both things is that you're doing it regardless of who's watching. It becomes part of your DNA and it becomes who you are. Mm-hmm. The fourth principle is treat others the way you want to be treated. And, and that whole thing is based on respect. And if you think about it, in our society today, we have so many respect issues, and we're fighting, and we're doing everything. It's all based on respecting your fellow man. Right. And then the fifth, the fifth principle is love unconditionally. And I love that chapter because when I put it in, I put it in for my players, and I wanted them to understand is, is that I'm going to emulate my love for my wife and my family. So when you mm-hmm. have your you see what it looks like, and you know what to, uh, how to emulate that. So love unconditionally. And then the sixth principle is work hard at what matters. And and I, and I don't only want to say, and I always say <laughs> what I say in that chapter. When you when when you have a responsibility, you work hard at it, right? And, and do the best you can. And then principle seven is value loyalty. You know, again, we we're in a society where loyalty has been pushed back on the back burner. We we don't right. we, we really don't care about a lot of people. We only care about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then eight, empower and serve. I love that chapter because as a leader, you're gonna have a lot of people working under you and with these people you've got to empower them to be the best they can be and grow right. and develop. But also you gotta serve them. Have them give them the things that they need to be the best they can also be, and right. the, and the and the principle nine is honor the profession, and I put that in there because I stated earlier that the profession was was in turmoil, and and it, and what I'm saying to everyone in that chapter is don't cheat the profession, work with right. the people, do the right, don't cheat yourself, and then the right. last and final one then is leave a character legacy. You know, you're going to have people that's going to follow your life and what you have done. And I tell stories in that chapter 
how these poor people influence me, but mm-hmm. their their the legacy is what influenced me. So right. when I say talking about what happens once everything is over, how people are going to look at what you've done. Are they looking at only being you was a basketball coach and that's all you did? Or are they looking at you and saying, you know, he helped a lot of people become better? Right, right. So true. Thank you for sharing all the 10 principles. What I like, even like principle one, say, for example, God is everything. And again, all of us need that spiritual grounding because there are moments in yeah. time that the what ifs kind of thing, right? <laughs> we have our own self-doubt yeah. and so forth. So that's how I look at it, you know, from that perspective in terms of God is everything, re- regardless of how you feel about things, uh, you know, all is leaned towards heaven. And you'll be surprised. Well, but let me say one of the things I wanted people to get to to gather from that principle mm-hmm. is that you want humility in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get so caught up that you think you're bigger than everything in the earth. And, yeah. And, and and then you, you, you fail at what you're trying to do. Have right. humility. Have, be a humble person and help others. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. Well, let's talk about principle number two, because this is critical. Improve yourself and others. What do you right. exactly mean by that? Well, if, if you're going to be a coach, obviously mm-hmm. you're going to lead people. Right. And every day you must do something to better yourself. You know, one of the things I, I right. make a commitment to when I is to read a book uh, every month mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I want more about whatever I, I, I'm focusing on. So I, I wanted to better myself. But as a, when you better yourself, not only do you better yourself, it helps others see your example of the importance of that. You know, right. when I coach one of the things I did was I, I taught my players a class, which was called success class. Mm-hmm. And the whole purpose was designed to teach them on how to be successful in life. And and it wasn't a, a, a class that was uh, given credit or anything of that magnitude. We just sat down as a group. I gave them all the text. We decided what, that year what the text would be about, and we just talked about the things that make them be successful. Right. And again, right. the ways I was trying to improve them to help themselves better. I mean, I'm going to tell you, it became so good in, in our program that the players were co- were teaching the class to the other players. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and and these are the things as a coach you have uh, you have the ability to bring forth, but you got to think about these things. You got to help each member of your team understand these things. Right, right. And I'm so glad you focus on that because a lot of times, you know, one would think, well, let's show up for our uh, basketball hour here. And it's not about dribbling. If you don't know how to dribble, you won't be on the team. <laughs> right? But the fact that I don't need to teach you how to dribble, if you don't know about dribble, you shouldn't be in here. So, but I need to teach you about life, living, soft and, skills, and, and, those and kind of what, things. Yeah. Let me just say that to you, how important that was. Is that all those young men? My whole purpose for what for them was to have them leave our program and be mm-hmm. the type of person that can go out to society and lead their families and right. and and at the workplace. So when we created uh, that class, it helped them understand that 
what success is all about. Sometimes we define success the wrong way. We look That's at correct. it as achievement, goal, whatever, what we're trying to gain and, and, uh, and all those type of things. But mm-hmm. my objective was to have them understand you're successful at what you do, regardless of the circumstances, as long as you put in the best effort you possibly can. Right. And see, we right. look at failures because we didn't win the championship or something of that magnitude. Precisely. Precisely. Let me, let me give you a little quick story and, and you, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll enjoy Oh, yes, it. yes, please. Mm-hmm. In, in that class, well, like I told you, we, we decided at the beginning, we said, hey, what we're going to do is we're going to create our own success for this year. So mm-hmm. each, so I talked to all the players, and we came up with one uh, thing that we wanted to achieve, and that was to win senior day games. Mm-hmm. Now, what was happening at that institution, they hadn't won a senior day game in about six or seven years. Mm-hmm. So a senior would cross there, and they, they'd play the game, and they leave feeling down on themselves. Right. So I said, our goal, we're going to focus on this success, winning senior day games. And what they ended up doing is they went out, they won the game, and I mean, they won it convincingly. And the, the key, the funny thing about it, they were jumping up on tables like they won a national title. <laughs> and it was just one. one. And uh, so, but let me tell you the moral to that story. Yeah. Is that players on that squad that did that first success class, they mm-hmm. were so excited that they became our biggest money givers for, for the program. Wonderful, wonderful. And that makes a difference because they realize there's as more to basketball or soccer or football. That ripple effect is far more important, the ball itself. That's right. That's right. And and, and what I try to do is teach our players is not to define themselves by the game of basketball. Right. right, Because there's more to you than just basketball. Precisely. Precisely. So true. One of the things that is really critical, no question about that, why is living with integrity and honesty essential in a person's character? Well, because each and every day you are an example to someone out there and you may not realize it Mm -hmm. as you walk the earth. I mean, it could be your children, it could be your family, it could be a friend, and they they watch you. And and what, what ends up happening is, they end up emulating your behavior pattern. Mm-hmm. So if your behavior patterns show that you have no integrity and you cheat in everything you do, they're going to think that's how things are supposed to be, be done, especially if they're your children. <laughs> so you have to be that great example for them each and every day. Right. No question about it. I totally agree with that. I think that's very lacking right now, in all honesty, because – uh, our seniors that are, let me put it this way, not getting left or right, but it's just uh, the ones that are, you know, hogging all the limelights, uh, it's questionable in that category. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. So true. You become very, you become uh, uh, certain ways that your behavior and it's emulated from what they've seen mm-hmm. at home or what they've mm-hmm. seen in the people that examples to them. And if, if they're if they're negative, meaning false right. or, uh, or dishonest, right? you know, people are going to wonder about you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. 
By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, our podcast, available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tant, your host. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our September edition of Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. My guest for this morning is Coach Gary Waters. Coach Gary Waters earned his reputation building college basketball programs. He was the winningest coach in history of Cleveland State University. During his time at the school, Coach Waters won 194 games and led the Vikings to six postseason appearances. In 2009, Cleveland State made the NCAA tournament and advanced to the second round after shocking Wake Forest. He rebuilt three programs, Kent State, Rutgers, and CSU, into winners. The winner of, he is also the winner of several honors. Coach Gary Waters was 2008 Horizon League Coach of the Year and 2011 Horizon League Coach Champion. He was inducted into the Ferris State University and Kent State Hall of Fame and winner of the John Lodge Barnabas Award by the Fellow of Christian Athletes for the 2009-2010 season. Gary was named a master coach by the Nations of Coaches in 2015 and served on the National Association of Basketball Coaches Board. Coach Gary Waters is a Detroit native, and graduated with a bachelor's degree in business administration and a bachelor's degree in business education from Ferris University in 1975 and 78, respectively. And he also received a master's in educational administration from Central Michigan in 1976. He currently lives in Tampa, Florida. Our kitchen table conversation this morning is about his remarkable life's journey, his book, The Ten Principles of a character coach, and what ingredients are required to build a true character of substance in ourselves and our loved ones. Well, coach, isn't it challenging to treat others how you want to be treated when they mistreat you? Yes, uh, that is so vital. And, and, uh, and as I stated before, uh, that's that's a form of respect. How do we respect mm-hmm. one another? Mm-hmm. So you want to treat people the right way, and when you treat them the right way, they tend to, to follow you and follow your example. And when I think about uh, our society today, respect is a big issue. All the mm-hmm. things that are going on, all the things that have been happening in the police force. Give you an example. One of the things that the police force asked me to do is do workshops for the police. Mm-hmm. And the police, why? Because of this one issue alone, teaching respect. Very, very interesting. Because it's that is really at its core. Because it really gets underneath your skin. Because here you are technically disrespectful to me, and that yet I got to be standing higher. Like uh, I guess, like Michelle Obama used to say or said, "They go low, we go higher." We've got to show them we've got class. Right, right, right. And and respect is such a vital part of our life. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to respect the 
people that you work with. You got to respect your family. You got to respect friends. If you don't, you're developing uh, bad and what I consider bad behavior. Right, right. And ultimately, also, it's not about them. It's about you. If they want to be, you know, for lack of a better term, respectfully here, it's never up high, up down, or whatever. But if they want to be a number three, and you want, you are a number seven. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And 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 celebrate that. That's right. That's exactly right. Fantastic. Well, please share with us your story about principle five. Love unconditionally. I, I thought it was just a beautiful story. Well, you know, one of the things we did in that chapter, we talked about we went on a trip to mm-hmm. uh, to Paris. And we had what is called our academic advisor with us. And uh, and she she went on with on the trip with her, with her boyfriend, who they mm-hmm. were about to get married. Mm-hmm. So what he had been doing in front of the Eiffel Tower is uh is asked for her hand in marriage. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you how unique that was, guys. Because <laughs> it's it showed and all the players were there. They sat and observed that and they seen how how important that was for both of them and how uh the male asked for the hand in marriage of the female and mm-hmm. they and they uh, Help them understand this is a way of life. You know, today we, we, we live in a society where marriage isn't that important. They, you know, right. they go on and just enjoy whatever they wanted to, to do, whatever they want to do. And I was trying to show them that if you really care for someone, you make that commitment to them. And, that, and that's through that love unconditional. Mm-hmm. And I, other mm-hmm. I, tried to do, I tried to show within our family structure uh, my wife and I showing the love that we had for each other so they could see that's the type of love that they should show to others as well. Oh, yes, definitely. So true. So true. How does working hard at matters at what matters contribute to a person's character? You mentioned a little bit about it earlier, but sometimes, you know, it doesn't register in people's mind because they look at it well, it's just a job. Yes, yes, and and that happens so often. And what they end up doing is they end up cheating the process. Mm-hmm. And people mm-hmm. cheat the process. As I mentioned earlier, many people are watching you. They're observing how you you're handling things. And when you go to work, and if you're working and you you you're trying every minute to get out of that work, <laughs> those people that are watching you say to themselves that this isn't that important. So right. we don't have to make a commitment to them. And and what I'm trying to let, th- let them know, if you want to be successful in life, whatever you make a commitment to, you need to work hard at it. Don't just do it, just go through the motions. Right. Work hard at it and make a commitment to it so the people around you can understand how important that is as well. Now, we understand that when you work hard at something, you should achieve something. Right. But right, also right. the feeling of just making that commitment and enjoying what you do is very important. Because I believe, you know, and in, in, in one, one of the things that we're talking about, I love coaching. So every day I went to work, I didn't feel I, I worked at all. Right, right. I could put it 
I could put in eight, nine, ten hours and felt that I really, I really didn't do much there. I enjoyed it. It was a part of who I, who I had become. And if you, if you work hard at it, you'll find that same feeling within yourself. Right, right. So true. I mean, I tell people that when you turn... Think about what you do. I know you love what you do. Right. And you don't feel work a day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Do it. It's what you want to do. And that's how you should work work at what matters in your life. Right, right. So true. Very, very true. Well, let's talk about loyalty. This is a very interesting topic. Uh, I hear you when you mention about loyalty, which is kind of lacked these days. Uh, because people are thinking about themselves. But what is the proper perspective about loyalty? Well, see, again, and I hate to keep bringing this up about our society today, but yeah. I have to be. That's what we're dealing with. You yeah. know, people are feeling uh, we don't have to be loyal to one another. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And the complaint we make is, is, is not as what I call lifelong commitment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we, we do things and, and we respond to things and then things turn out a certain way because we weren't loyal to those those people. See, think yeah. about in society today, marriage. People yeah. look at marriages, you don't have to make that commitment if it doesn't work out. Right. But right. once you start and you and I uh, made a commitment to one another, that's that's when loyalty all starts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if we continue to do that, whatever we do will turn out to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. So true. Very, very true. The other thing you talk about, which I know you love this chapter very much, is empowering and serving others. How does empowering and serving others make us a good leader? Oh, yes. Uh, see, in in the profession or the workplace, wherever you're at, mm-hmm. people want to grow. They want to be and they want to be the best they can become. Right. And who do they look for? That they look to the people that are supervising them, that lead them. And if they see that person caring as much as they care, meaning about themselves to make to empower them to be the best they can become, then they they enjoy what they're in, what they're what they're doing. Right. They end up being a type of person that's committed to what they're doing because the people that are over them are empowering them to be the best they can become. Right. See, in order for you to be successful, you need someone to lift you up, to help you in that profession, whatever you're in, to be the best yeah. you can become. Right. And if you don't right. have you know, they're beating you down. They're not, right. they're not lifting you up. They're not pushing you forward then all of a sudden you feel, why am I doing this? It's really not that important. Right, but when right. you have the person that's over you showing you that type of leadership, and I call it servanthood leadership, yeah. then all of a sudden you end up being successful. Right, right. And it goes both ways because, like, you know, do as I say and, you know, don't do what I do kind of thing, and it don't work that way. <laughs> uh, right. Whenever you are given that leadership opportunity, all of a sudden right now, whether you like it or not, you are the role model. People are looking up to you. Right, right. And and, and they're looking to your example. Right. And if you, if you have 
show a, a strong, positive example, then they feel that they should follow that example. And you end up influencing them in the right way. And that's what I want, to, want people to do is influence them in a character-driven yeah. way. Right, right, right. So true. And you talk about also honoring the profession. And then, of course, in this case, the coaching profession. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that, because one of the things that, that really, uh, you know, that's going on back then and even now, and like you mentioned, because everything trickles down from the coach. So right. depending on how well, you look through, you know, at things. Well, what has happened in our, in our profession today, let's talk about college coaching. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in that profession, money has become a big part of it. Right. You know, something called the which is now they can, they can make money off their image, their mm-hmm. likeness mm-hmm. and their image. And so now what they're doing is they're, they're trying to find ways to make money as opposed to, to enjoy and work hard at the game. And it's and it's it, it's turning out to be a bad example for many. So in essence, what I'm trying to say to you there, is in, in throughout that chapter, is that you need to do the right thing, and character mm-hmm. is, is is at the forefront of doing the right thing, so others will understand how important you are to them and what you're doing in their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Well, it depends on what you focus on. If you focus on money, and that's what's going to happen with everybody on your team. But if you focus on character, as the character goes and builds, the money will be there. That's exactly right. That is so true. Why is leaving a legacy important? Well, you know, Everyone knows about the ending of this uh, of this journey you're going to that, right. that you're gonna you're gonna leave this earth. Now, how are you gonna leave it, and how are people gonna look <laughs> at you? When you that's the question. And and you know what? You're usually leaving leaving behind a group of people that have followed you throughout your journey. Right. And that could be your family. That could be siblings. They they have watched you, mm-hmm. and they want to know. What type of person were you throughout your journey? And I feel character is so vital that by yeah. the end of that journey, they want to they at the same time take that, which, which you have left, right. and promote it and emulate it in, in society as time goes on. So that's right. why leaving the right legacy is so vital to who you are. Very true. And in your case, like I say, sir, you know, the character is a number one issue and you're doing it beautifully. But in the end, when it's all said and done, and you're right, I mean, we tread it gingerly. But in the end, forget about the people that, uh, for lack of a better term, I'm going from a different angle here. How do you want to be remembered? Are you? Do you want to be remembered as a crook, <laughs> as, a, uh, as a cheat, or someone of... <laughs> A high character. Well, think about think about that. Think about at a funeral when they talk about yeah, you. yeah. So <laughs> I, what are they saying about you? And 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 what have you done? Are they just saying, well, he was a, he, you know, on his, uh, on his tombstone it says he was a great coach. 
Right. Like, what is that? I mean, <laughs> what what should be left on there? He was a good husband. Right. He was, he was he was a good friend. He was the he worked hard at helping others. These kinds mm-hmm. of things. And and that shows the true person that you are of character. Precisely. Precisely, and that's what makes a big difference. But the number one question on everybody's mind, and this is interesting, it's almost like an evergreen. Back then, now, and possibly in the future, what are the most challenging issues young athletes face, and especially today? Yeah, you know, in our society today, uh, especially because of what we're doing, Mm -hmm. we have a different generation. <laughs> right. We need to know that. And this generation is seeing things differently than the generations of the past. And that leads me to just mention this to you, because you at the end, you, you talk about, you're going to ask me a question about what am I doing now? Mm-hmm. I, I just did a book titled Coaching Millennials from a Character Perspective. Right. And what is talking about identifying uh, millennials and, and how character can fit in their life. And that's what I'm talking about in that book. But as, as I go further in that, I say to you that who you are is what you do. And what you do should represent who you are. And if you do that correctly, meaning mm-hmm. character-driven, okay, now you have a chance to lead people in the right direction. And that's why it's so important. Right. For kids, they need to see that example because they're being challenged by their peers. They're being challenged by outside sources. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they have more in our society than we had when we were coming up. And they had to deal with more. So with these challenging issues that they, they face on a daily basis, they need examples out there in our society to show them this is the right way to go. This is the right way to do. This is the right way to communicate with people. This is the mm-hmm. right thing to show. And if they do those type of things, then they have an opportunity to lead others in the right direction. Right, right, right. And, and nicely put in the sense that when all said and done, you're building future uh, character leaders. In your team, exactly, your little squad. <laughs> that's exactly right, Johnny. You, yeah. you, you, being that example, you can you can help people become what you want them to become, and they yeah. and and in cases, it's going to help them lead whatever they do. Yeah, yeah, so true. Let's talk about you. How did you stay focused on your team and continue to lead when? Fame, fortune, and celebrity status are all around you. Yeah, yeah, that is. You know, first and foremost, I gotta say, I had to stay grounded. Yeah. And when you, I say grounded, that's what that's what God did for me. He grounded mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. that I can get Him instead of looking at myself and get so caught up in what I'm doing. The also the other thing that I think helped me was being is, is being a part of what it takes to be a a person that shows humility. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't show humility and, and you're all caught up in yourself, 
then you're you're going in the route in the wrong direction, and you're leading people in the wrong direction. And when you're when you're given the responsibility to lead a group of people, and for me that was young adults. Yeah, I had to go the right way, and oftentimes we we show them the wrong way, and it ends up hurting them later on in life. And that's why it's important that you can't get caught up in the fame. You can't get caught up in the fortunes that you receive because if you work hard, you're going to receive something anyway. Right. You've got to be willing to share what you have gained and learned with others. You there? Hello, Coach. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. No, I'm, I completed it. <laughs> yeah, the uh, uh, you got cut off there a little bit, so that's why I was waiting for you to uh, say something. So. Yeah, yeah the, the fame and fortune is going to be there if, if, right. you, if you have to what you're doing. Now, mm-hmm. it's how you handle fame and fortune yeah. and what example you, you put out in the world to show what you're doing with that fame and fortune. Mm-hmm. That makes a big difference, totally, totally difference. Well, where can someone go to get more information about you, buy your book, and keep up with your latest happenings? <laughs> well, I, you know, uh, my latest happenings, I'm doing a lot. I, you know, my wife <laughs> says I have. So, you know, I'm, I'm a part of the uh, the NCAA I'm, uh, selection committee for the people to go into the into the tournament and mm-hmm. the, the NFL. I've also uh, I, I did a podcast for the NABC, which is a part of the NCAA, which is called Guardians of the Game. How do we guard this game to be the best they can become? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I did a podcast for that. And and like I said, I'm writing. Uh, I just finished a book that I'm really excited about that's coming out, at, I hope, by the end of this year. But to get this book, you can go to Barnes & Noble. It's it's there and it's available there, and uh, and any and any other subscribed areas you can get that get this information. Wonderful, and uh, on your website, I presume too as well, right? It's Coach Waters. Yes, it's uh, it's CoachWaters dot uh, com. All right, all right, that's really wonderful. So, what's next for you besides? Uh, being all that busy stuff, anything else on the plate here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things I did this summer is I was a commissioner for the NCAA. It's called the uh, College Basketball uh, College Basketball Academy. Uh-huh. They ran a, a and I was a commissioner there. And that really, what you're doing is you're helping kids understand about college, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you're helping them uh, promote themselves. In, in, in a training process, being the, the academy, the camp, so other coaches from Division One college, Division Two colleges can come in and watch them and mm. see their ability. So mm. that really, I thought that, but you know what's unique about that academy, and it's ran by the NCAA, is yeah. free of charge for the player and a parent. So they yeah. can come in and see what to do, and they get life skills, and they improve themselves to be the best they can become. Yeah, yeah. 
And that's interesting, though. I'm glad you brought that up. And correct me if I'm wrong here, because it's interesting, right? You got all these recruiters, the coaches that want you just because you were a triple A player. But if your behavior sucks, you think they're going to recruit you? I don't think so, because you are well, the bad apple. <laughs> you're, you're exactly right, Johnny. And that's where character comes in. Right. See, when when Go and they and, and they, they come and they evaluate a player. Not only are right. they going to talk to the coach, the people around them, but they're going right. to observe you and decide right. well, what kind of character does this person have? Is he one right. that gets upset and, and, and curse out the officials and everything? Yeah, yeah. What type of person is this? Is this a person that really believes that he should be doing the right things? Right, right. And what's interesting, though, coach, is you if you think about it, right. Every play you recruited, it's maybe it made it dawn you uh, dawn on you back then. Well, they actually represented you, part of you, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then the flip side <laughs> of it is, I'm with this coach because uh, the coach represents part of me. You know what I'm talking about? Right. No, that's that's so true, and and that's what I say about leaving a legacy. Yeah. Those kind of, you're the example out there, mm-hmm. and they represent. And if you do the right things, then they don't yeah. think that's the right thing. But if you're doing the wrong thing, right, they don't think that that's who that person really is. Right, right, right. So true. Well, as we close this hour, Coach, since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Okay, very good. I got a good recipe here. (laughs) (laughs) It's really a saying. You don't have you don't have to lose to learn. Hmm. Our society today, we have all these examples out there, and that's stated in my next book coming out. Is that Hmm. we look at these examples that are in our lives, right? And we can learn. And we don't have to make that mistake. Mm-hmm. We should be looking and learning from the people that went ahead of us so we can become the best we can become. Right. So the phrase, right. I don't you lose to learn. Oftentimes we think we say, oh, well, we, we've, uh, uh, we lost, so we'll learn from that. No, no, mm-hmm. no. You don't have to. You can do it right by observing the people that go ahead of you doing it right and continue to do it right. Right, right. So true, so true. Well, Coach Gary, thank you for the great recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitten Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me in three weeks, Wednesday morning, September 27th at 10 a.m. Central Time, U.S. My guest will be Tammy Hader. Tammy is a Midwesterner lady who traded her 30-year accounting career in 2018 to reinvent herself as a writer. Somehow she was able to utilize a bachelor's degree of business administration in accounting from Wichita State University to meticulously articulate and arrange alphabet to give rise to a series of extraordinary writing projects. Referred to as the bashful storyteller by one of her writing peers, Tammy writes essays about being a migraine warrior for WebMD and publishes life stories as a baby boomer for the National Association of Baby Boomers Women 
and baby boomers organization. Biz Catalyst 360 and Medium have also published Tammy's work. Tammy and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Walking Old Roads, a memoir of kindness rediscovered. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Coach Gary, it's been a true pleasure, sir. Thank you again and have a very blessed day. Oh, thanks, Johnny. It's been a great time. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.